centuries, mankind has been fascinated with realms outside of our conscious awareness. Through a series of interviews with practitioners, guest speakers, and experts, Liberate the podcast covers all that and more, from health and holistic healing to the supernatural. We aim to educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Hi, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Uh, today, as we continue our exploration and healing modalities and you know people's journeys on the spiritual path, we're bringing in another amazing practitioner that pretty much has been on the spiritual path since she was born, studying different things, kind of fascinated by you know the metaphysical realm. Uh, her name is Michelle. She does Akashic Record readings here at Liberate Emporium, but the interesting part about her readings is that she encompasses uh, more shamanic work and a lot of different dynamics within past lives and more of like a healing kind of reading hybrid um, in, in utilizing and accessing the Akashic records to get into that state to see more and to uh, kind of dive into those different dimensions and different realms and, and heal and transform people. And so I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about her journey uh, down the spiritual path, but we also want to talk about here about client success stories because you know a lot of times people wonder you know what are the effects on you know people and how does this really help besides giving just information and so I think that it's it's nice to take a step back and say okay well how does this work to change people's lives to see transformation to have them overcome and heal different things and so you know Michelle thank you for coming on today and you know tell the world a little bit more about yourself Thank you, Christina. Thank you for inviting me here today. I'm really excited to be here and to share my journey with you and with all the listeners. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks. All right. So let's uh, let's start a little bit about, you know, because I, I know that you've studied a lot of shamanic work and she's even, she even went down to Peru and continued to work with shamans down there. I mean, so she's, you know, really taking it to that level of devoting some of her life to spiritual. And like a lot of the people that we have on and a lot of people that are affiliated with Liberate Emporium, it's they're very much grounded between the two realms. So I think that it's very approachable for people that maybe are just curious. It's like, okay, she's an entrepreneur. She's had many different businesses in her life and uh, she you know still does and works in in the regular let's say 3D, hu- world. 3D human world and and yet is very much a part of the spiritual path which I think that there's you know and I've said this before in different podcasts is I think that that sometimes there can be a big disconnect between somebody on a spiritual path and somebody in a physical material world but it's really about merging and hybriding and bringing both into balance but so share a little bit about, you know, how you got to where you are, you know, and what you see and do and, you know. Awesome. Yes, I have to say I do agree with you with the balance because there was a time in my life when I was so focused on the spiritual work and I was going in such a deep, deep, deep place. I mean, like crazy deep place that I was unable to really like connect with people in my life that weren't in that place, which a lot of people, you know, in my life at that time, it was when I was 19, 20, a lot of people in my life in that time were not understanding what was going on with me and I just could not 
connect anymore. So I had to really like shut it off, come back into the 3D world, and then sort of build my way back up and to find a balance. And that balance is so important. It's so important because you have to, you're here in this body and you're, you've agreed to be here, so you need to really be able to function in both worlds at the same time. Um, but my journey started um, when I was uh, a few months old. I actually had my full awareness, full consciousness. Like I was in my crib, I couldn't get up, I couldn't stand up, I couldn't use my arms or legs, I couldn't, I didn't have a voice to speak except to cry. And um, I was furious. I was so mad that I was back in this baby body and I had full consciousness. And I remember thinking like, don't you know who I am? And my mother would come to like change my diapers and I was so humiliated and I would kick and scream and cry because I was fully aware that I knew how to clean myself and take care of myself. And I was like, don't you know who I am? And I felt like a full adult, like stuck in this tiny body. And I was really very frustrated. Um, and I have a lot of memories from that time in my life that my parents were like, how could you possibly have known that? But I was just born with a full state of awareness. I didn't have that sort of transition into it. And I started working with spirit when I was probably about three or four years old. Um, the first time I really noticed that I was working with spirit, my mother and my grandmother were doing a uh, Ouija board for fun. And um, uh, they were connecting with this woman, um, and this was back when we were, I was living in New York, and my whole body became like just covered with pins and needles, like as if my foot was asleep, but it was my entire body, and I was standing next to them at the table watching them. And um, so they asked the Ouija board what was happening to me, and the spirit spelled out the word hug. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. It was amazing. And my mother and my grandmother were like, oh my God, what's happening? So from that point on, I had a series of like encounters with spirit and every apartment I lived in as an adult before I started working, like consciously working with spirit, every every apartment I ever had was had poltergeist and had really active spirits, like dishes flying and doors slamming and TVs coming on and off and like the whole like full on craziness, like wet walls in the summertime like just totally really wild encounters with spirit um interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you for a second because i need to ask a question because this is something that you know i've been i've been i mean i'm always exploring different dynamics and spiritual realms and going down rabbit holes but uh one of the things that i'm fascinated by are um you know the the spiritual souls that get incarnated you know, into uh, a new life, and and at least from what I'm I'm understanding or finding is that sometimes it's a it's a traumatic uh, death, and it's a very quick replacement of the soul. Did you have you know since since you had so so much awareness, I can't help but to think that this could be a possibility. I'm not saying that I'm not an expert in this stuff, guys, so that are listening. But you know, as I've been you know kind of looking and going down the rabbit hole, some of the the things are like those souls that are. You know, uh, walk in. Not necessarily a walk in, but within within my. Uh, if you hear a little rattling in the background, um, my dog is uh, pretending to lay on her back and do the 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 worm crawl across the chair. So, um, <laughs> Piggy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so, um, the, it's the piggy shuffle. Um, so, you know, what I mean by saying that is that, uh, 
Okay, so normally when a soul like descends, let's say if it's a gradual process, you know, a lot of times when people are dying at the end of their life, you know, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, guys, but uh, they have karmic duties and responsibilities and different things to heal. So you see a lot of like um, the elder wanting to make amends in their life and different things. And when they pass on, they go through different planes within the uh, different dimensions. You know, you have your physical and then your mental and your emotional, and then you go back to your spiritual and there could be like this waiting period. And then you go back and you get reincarnated okay if you're subscribing to that belief system whatever um and and but sometimes i hear that these souls come into their bodies and they have they can even actually tell you about different dynamics from their past mm -hmm. and they still even believe their self to be the other soul because it was such a quick transition from you know the death Mm -hmm. of their, their old physical body to the reuniting of the new. And it sounds, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing this about her, so I'm <laughs> fascinated. But so, so going off on a tangent for a minute, but it just, it, I think it might interest people. Uh, but the fact that you had this awareness of saying, hey, I'm not helpless here. I, you know, like, why can't I move and do things for myself? What, uh, you know, that, that just sounds to me like some of the things that I've read. Yeah, interesting. I've actually never, I've tried researching it. I've never actually come across any, any like explanation for it. But yes. Specifically, <laughs> having my diaper changed was like the ultimate humiliation because I was like, I can't believe this. Like, I'm totally in charge of my body and in charge of like how I can do this. How is this happening to me? But I had the consciousness of myself being a man and like being a grown, full, functioning, like very strong man. Did you ever like have any realizations or, or awarenesses of either who, what that man's name was or what you did for a living or anything like that? The only thing I could really sort of surmise from it was that I felt like I was somehow, um, I don't know if I was like military or some sort of like, like alien ship commander or something, but I felt mm -hmm. sort of like a man in charge. Mm -hmm. And I imagined myself being bald and white. And I mean, not imagine, but that's how I saw myself. I was like this big, brawny, like bald white man. And I felt that I was in a position of, um, of authority. And it felt sort of like the position of authority like you would have on a ship. And so I'm not sure if that's a Earth planetary ship or an off-planet ship, but that was my awareness. And I just was appalled that I was back here in this small girl body. <laughs> couldn't believe it total shock I was shocked and so upset and I remember like having the conscious awareness of like there was a situation where I was on a glass bottom boat and I asked my dad about this maybe a year ago I was on the glass bottom boat and I had my hands on the glass and I was looking down at the fish below and my parents were sitting on a bench and I was just I would look at them and be like those are not my people they're not my people I have no connection to those people how could I belong to them like I felt like, not in an ego sense, but I just felt so much more, like, expansive than they were and so much more aware than they were. And I couldn't believe that those were my people. And when I asked my dad about this, he was like, you were six months old. How could you possibly remember being on that glass bottom boat? <laughs> but I described the whole scene to him and my awareness of how I was emotionally and I wanted to go down into the water and disappear away from those people because I felt so alien to them. Wow. Yeah. 
That's so fascinating. And so, you know, as you, as you grow up and you kind of adapt, like, I mean, where, if you take me to just, just because, you know, from what I was, had been studying something around maybe like six to eight years old, people tend to get more um, acceptance of their new physical body. Mm-hmm. Did you find that to be the case or? I did because um, my parents were very violent people and my mother especially was really violently abusive. So that kind of like beat me into my body. And um, so I think that allowed me to accept being here. I know that sounds like crazy and counterintuitive, but I think and because of that abuse that I suffered and because of that like trauma and PTSD that I suffered from that, it actually for, helped me to further myself along my path of wanting to heal and work with other people. But it did bring me like very harshly into 3D reality and out of that feeling of being a strong man because here I am again like a three and four year old girl getting beaten. So I, have, I was powerless in that situation. So it did sort of really bring me into reality interesting there's so many things going on in my mind and so many ways that i can steer this but uh for for sticking on topic yes <laughs> uh you know because yeah my mind's triggering off in all of these different uh theories and 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 that but so you know uh if if we if we continue down you know so you have all these these weird types of uh, displacement, this this kind of association, uh, views and understandings of uh, a different life, a different kind of life's um, basis, a man in control, maybe military, maybe Navy, you know, for those, you know, maybe not even of this planet, whatever. And uh, then you're in the situation that you're extremely powerless you know, which mm-hmm. which begs, you know, questions of, you know, like they say, karma. Right. You know, did, so, we so plan, did I plan to have did, that experience? Did you plan to have that experience or what did you do in that bossy control role to others? Maybe. Okay. Right. So, okay. True. So, so we're fast forward because we're not, we're not on karma today. <laughs> um, that will be a different topic, you know. Uh, we will have we'll talk about karma, but if, if we keep on moving forward, uh, so now you 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 shared just a little earlier that you know as you're growing up, you know now you you when you when you move out and you have your own apartments, you're having you know crazy things happen. Yeah. You know, so where were you and where were you at within your belief systems and your understanding at that point? You know, because I'm guessing this would be like your early 20s or so. And you're like, holy crap, there's dishes flying across the room. And like, this is the stuff that you see in in the Poltergeist movie. Yes. So I started going really deep in my practice at about 14. And about 18 was when things started really picking up for me. And I had, I started having visitors, like off-planet visitors. And then, um, and then shortly after that, no, yes, yeah, shortly after that, my parents kicked me out of the house, and that's when I was out on my own, and that was when all the poltergeist action started happening. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I actually have a photograph somewhere of me and my roommate sitting, and there's, like, this entity between us, but, um, yeah, at that point, um, I wasn't sure what was going on, and it actually started at about age 18 and kept going until about my early 30s, and every apartment I lived in, it just got bigger and louder and more hectic and more, like, 
poltergeist situations until my last apartment when things were starting to happen every day. And then the ghost or entity that was in my house started actually following me to work. And it would be in my car and it would change the radio and it would screw with my car. And then I was like, enough is enough. And I finally got angry. I had actually trained myself to sleep on my back so I could see my whole apartment at once. And I was like this horrible insomniac because whenever, if I'd wake up in the middle of the night, someone would be sitting on my bed or some crazy thing would be happening in my apartment. So one day I just was like, enough is enough. And I I bought sage for the first time in my life. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I'm going to sage my apartment. And I made this like definitive statement. And I was like, you are not welcome here. Whoever you are, whatever you are, you have to leave now. This is my home. This is not yours. You are not allowed here unless I invite you in. And I was just adamant about really setting up my boundaries and putting my foot down. And everything stopped. And then a few years later, I was like, okay, I know all of those things have happened to me because I'm supposed to be on this path of working with spirit. And spirit kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I sent it away. But now I knew that I needed to invite it back in and to work with me. So I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to work with spirit. If there's, if I have guides, if, there, if, if having guides is a thing... I'm going to go to this bookstore and you show me the one book I need that will open the door to me being able to talk with spirit, communicate with spirit, and have this on my terms so there's no more poltergeist, but that I'm the one in control. So um, I went to the Bodhi Tree bookstore on the, that is not there anymore, but it's supposed to be coming back from on the west side. And if you guys remember, if you were there, it was a huge bookstore with thousands and thousands of books on the spiritual and supernatural and everything. And so I said, okay, if I have guides, I want you to show me the one book I need that will change and open the door. And I went in, and the very first book I saw was this book by Linda Howe about mm. the Akashic Records. And I was like, that's too easy. That can't possibly be. Let me, like, keep scooching around. And so I spent hours there, like, pulling hundreds of books off the shelves. And I kept coming back to that one, and I was like, all right, I guess it is that easy. So I bought that one. I read it in like two days and I uh, googled her and found out that there was a, a workshop on that weekend. So I signed up for the workshop to learn how to access the Akashic Records on my own. And that was the catalyst that just changed everything for me. And I took her work and like expanded on it in my own way to be really kind of this conduit and channel to do a lot of like channeling work and channeled healing and, I, and I'm able to talk with you know, with, with the dead and I'm able to talk with spirit guides and I'm able to communicate with off planet beings. And so I sort of like, I took what she taught and really expanded on it to encompass every, all the aspects of my life that had been sort of haunting me and like (laughs) nudging me in this direction. And, um, yeah, so that was the beginning of the beginning. Wow. (laughs) And, and so then you start, like, talk to me about the first reading that you did for somebody then. So, um, the first reading that I did, oh my goodness. So, well, actually in the workshop, which was interesting, she had us go into a meditation and, um, asked to be shown what the Akashic records look like. And, um, so funny. So this unicorn shows up and is like, hop on. (laughs) So I hopped on the back of this unicorn and he started running, running, running full speed toward a mountain. And I was like, oh my God, we're going to smash into this mountain. And he ran into the mountain And inside the mountain was this, like, beautiful crystal cave. And inside there was where I was able to gain access to everything. It was amazing. It was like this sort of initiation 
This is crazy. And unicorns actually show up a lot in my readings. They like will sit down next to the person I'm working with. They just come in and sit down. It's really lovely. <laughs> was it? Were you ever fascinated with the unicorns as a kid? I was. I was. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so d- talk about a little bit because I know that you wanted to share about you know, doing readings and, and healing work on people, you know, some of the shifts and changes that you've seen within their life as yeah. a result, you yeah. know? So maybe you could kind of share a couple, you know, first off, like, who comes to you? Like, what type of person do you most attract, you know, that you find that you can help the most? And then within that, you know, some of the people and experiences that you've helped. Hmm, interesting. I find that um, a lot of my clients are in two categories. Um, Not so much anymore, but the one category I used to get all the time was twin flames. I used to get girls coming to me all the time who were having this like unrequited twin flame situation, and that was showing up for me a lot, and I felt really blessed to be able to help help people with that experience because it's a very painful one. Um, It can be. It can Mm -hmm. be beautiful, but it can also be traumatizing. So I found a lot of my a lot of my girls were that, and then also a lot of people that come to me. Um, I uh, the first thing I do in your reading is I feel my body becomes a tuning fork for your body, so I can feel everything that's going on. And you might be there to ask me about your career, but your guides are like, uh, 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 let's handle this like weird thing that's sitting on your head or sitting on your shoulder or sitting on your hip. And then suddenly the person is like, oh my God, yes, I have that pain. I've had it forever and I just it's just normal to me. I don't think about it. But the guides are like, that's the thing that's going to change everything in your life. So I'm able to work through that and heal that thing. And that is the thing that catapults people's lives into like the next plateau or the next you know new high that they're supposed to go to, the next level on their path that they're supposed to get to and so I get a lot of people who aren't even necessarily don't even know why they're coming to me and or are coming to me for something else and the guides are like this is the this is the like meat and potatoes to get to so okay so you 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 have somebody come with come to you they're thinking they're gonna get some type of psychic reading and yes. information on their career yes. and you're like uh, we're not even gonna talk about that right now we're gonna remove this thing on your head yes and so uh tell me about um you know some of the dynamics and the follow-ups after the fact yeah you know and some of the things of how you know because I mean you're in a really trusting state I mean you're not listening to necessarily what the client is saying that they want you're you're just tuning in and doing what spirit wants yeah and so what what are some of the results and the things that come about so um this is actually my favorite topic i love talking about the healing work because it's so beautiful how we really can create change in someone's life because what happens is there's kinks in your energy field that you're still carrying from past life traumas and past life deaths and if you don't see it and realize it it's really affecting your life now so um i have a couple favorite stories i have a lot of favorite stories but one that comes to mind there's two that come to mind and i'm like which one do i tell first you can tell both so <laughs> okay. just pick one so I had a girl come to me, um, and she uh, and I didn't know I didn't re- I didn't look at her body language because my eyes are closed usually when I do my readings my eyes are closed and I'm tuning into your space and I didn't know that she had her right arm hiding behind her body 
because um, my eyes were closed. But right off the bat, when I was in her energy field, I was like, "You're there's something going on with your right arm. Like, the energy of your right arm is so completely different. It almost feels like a different body. Like, the energy is vibrating so differently from the rest of your body. Like, what's going on with your right hand? And then at that point, she pulls it out from behind her back, and she shows me, like, this horrible eczema that she has. And, like, her fingernails had rotted off, and her just, it was crawling up her right hand. And she was like, I always hide this hand. Um, I've had this eczema for 20 years. I've gone to so many doctors. I, like, nothing is making it go away. I don't know what to do. And she had come for, like, career stuff and relationship stuff, but I was like, what's happening with your right arm? And so I, the, her guides were able to show me a past life scenario where she, where her right arm was chopped off and she was basically publicly humiliated and spent the rest of her life living as a hermit, which now was reflecting in her not being able to move forward in her career and her relationship. She was still sort of being a sh- shut-in. And so I was able to see what had caused this trauma and why the energy in her right arm didn't fit in with the rest of her body because the right arm was basically not there. And once I was able to see this and heal it, she texted me two days later and said for the first time in 20 years, her eczema had cleared up on her hand. Wow. Yeah. And she said her fingernails were starting to just barely like grow back in. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. It was like so beautiful that I'm able to channel that sort of healing for people. And then another story that makes me really, really excited. So I had a girl come to me really recently, and um, same thing, I think she wanted to know about career and relationships. She'd recently broken up with someone, but right off the bat, I could see in her uterus that there was a baby who did not come to term. So I asked her if she had had a a miscarriage recently, because I could feel that it was traumatic. It wasn't her choice. And she told me that earlier this year, she had had a horrible car accident, and because of that, she had had a miscarriage. And because of that, she had not had her period since. And she was young. Like, there was no reason why she wouldn't have her period. Um, So she hadn't had her period in almost a year. And I could see, I could see two things. I could see the baby was still clinging to her. He really wanted to come through. So I was able to, like, talk to this baby and get him to, like, climb down off of her and stand by her side and hold her hand beside her. And I could also see this kink in her ovary on the right side where it was just sort of like like kinked like a garden hose and so I was able to straighten that out and do energy healing in that and then she texted me the next morning that her period started wow for the first time in a year see those kind of like confirmations (laughs) some people you know are, are, are still skeptical on you know that everything is energy but I mean you know we're more you know space than we are physical mass mm-hmm. and you know uh, we have this energy that circles around us in these different meridians and all of our organs tissues fiber cells so they're all energy and if, if there's a block within that energy for whatever reason whether past life whether trauma whether you know uh, emotional psychological uh, psychological mental whatever the case may be it affects people absolutely if you clear that 
and you shift that mm-hmm. and suddenly things flow differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, if, if your drain is clogged, you, right. call, you call a plumber or you, you know, or whatever you do, it gets snaked and suddenly now the water that's just been sitting in the sink will flow and drain easily, right? Mm-hmm. But if there's, if there's a block, it doesn't work. Right. Absolutely. And we don't even know where, we may not even know what that block is or where it's coming from or why it's even there. And sometimes it just helps to have an external person come in and see like what's going on and help remove that and take it out because we don't even know what we're carrying and how it's affecting us and how dramatically it's affecting our health and our well-being. But if it's in our energy field and it's still there, it's going to affect us. So now what about, so those are, those are things that are linked very directly to physical manifestations. What about things that you've worked on uh, that have shifted people in their career, finances, or relationships? Oh yeah, I have a great career story actually. So um, a friend of mine who I worked with for years and loved and adored, and I, he came in my head for some reason out of the blue. So I called him and I was like, hey, like, how are you doing? I've been thinking about you lately. And he was like, I'm not doing well at all. Um, I've been unemployed for two years. My husband and I are on the outs because I'm not working. I'm not contributing. I'm not making money. I'm so miserable. I'm so depressed. I'm really like at the bottom. I don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know if you know this, but I do readings and I do healing work. Because we worked in a completely different capacity. We worked in the film industry together. And he didn't know this side of me. So I was like, I don't know if you know this about me, but this is what I do. Like, let's meet up. I'm not going to charge you. I want to help you. Like, let, let's see if we can get to the bottom of this. And he was like, oh, my God, awesome. I totally believe in this stuff. Let's do it. So um, so I met up with him, and I, I literally saw this sort of, like, metal plate sitting in front of his chest, and I saw, like, jobs coming in. And it's, I mean, it's, guides always have different symbols of how they show you, like, what a person is blocking or how it is, so. Yeah, and, there, and, there, and there's two there's two different levels of clairvoyancy, just so people know, you know, that are listening. There is the metaphoric clairvoyant and then the actual, like, physical, you know. And so some sometimes the mind will make up metaphors, too. Mm-hmm. Spirit will make up metaphors, but the mind will make up metaphors. But there's a scene, the images, and sometimes it's the actual, like, dynamic of what happens and a lot of times the metaphors are more valuable to the person receiving the information because they can get the hidden meaning behind it and the reasoning behind it right exactly so, well said yeah so okay keep on going okay so i saw this metal plate like it almost looked like uh like what you would use to like in the old battle scenes like the the armor the big metal plate in front of his chest and I could see jobs were flying at him like arrows but were hitting this metal plate and falling off and not actually landing in his body um so I was able to remove this metal plate that was sitting in front of his in front of his heart center basically and I told him I was like you're gonna get a job offer within two weeks and not because I was just sort of throwing that out there but that was what his guide said like two weeks this job is coming through and he's like that's impossible there's no way I've been unemployed for so long no one's responding to me there's no offers nothing's happening I'm, I don't believe you and I was like it's okay you don't have to believe me this is what spirit is saying two weeks and he was like okay and so uh, he 
emailed me two weeks later and he said he had three job offers <laughs> and didn't know which one to choose and was so happy and it saved his marriage it saved his peace of mind it saved his happiness and now he's like flourishing in his career and he's doing wonderful and I'm so 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 happy that I was able to help him get to that place because uh, he didn't know what to do he couldn't see what was stopping yeah and it was energy. Sometimes energy can be very repelling. I mean, yeah. people don't realize. I mean, if, if you think about it, for for those that maybe are just kind of starting out on this path or curious on some of these topics and listening, but maybe, you know, uh, that that monkey mind or the, the rational mind says, well, I... I this seems a little too hooey wooey or out there. I mean, just just think about um, think about walking into an environment, and you just you feel the energy positively or negative. Now now think about people that are in your life that you know that just give off a certain type of we're gonna call it energy for right now for all intensive purposes, but you can call it whatever you want in your mind. But they 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 just seem very abrasive, or they seem unapproachable, or they seem like very unengaged or whatever. And you can see how how that type of perspective and that person, whether it's conscious or unconscious, whether it's through the words that they say or just the feeling that you get through their body language and other stuff, mm-hmm. you notice that you can see it from afar, if you, especially if you really care about the person, what they're doing. Right. You know? And that that's a form of energy, but where does that block come from? And where why are they acting that way? And what is that shield that's up in like this case, you know, like or whatever it, the, the 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 dynamic. So like take it take that and what I think each and every person on this planet has experienced within any individuals, not unless you're living in a mountain somewhere or not not having any human contact, but you can see the different dynamics within human behavior physically mentally verbally you know unconsciously energetically all of that now a lot of times people are walking around they don't know what the heck why they're emitting or what they're emitting you mm-hmm. know they're they're the in and that could be from some of these things that are going on on an energy basis yeah so i hope that helps people maybe like start to open your awareness just a little bit you know yeah. What about absolutely. what about some uh, examples in love? Because you know, love always comes up for people. What about yes. some of these twin flames people that you were dealing with? Oh. They, do they do they get in and end up with a relationship with their twin flame? Did they heal and move on? What happened? Oh goodness, <sighs> twin flames are tricky. Um, Twin flames are a very tricky one. I, 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 I don't hate to say that, that, that we can have a different a po- whole podcast yes. episode on twin flames, but Absolutely. Uh, I'm just saying that because you said there was two different types of people that come to you. One one is, you know, the these these loving relationships, and so you can take it outside of the twin flames. I was just going with anything happen or any healings or, or dynamics happen as a result of uh, dealing with people with relationships. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yes, I've had a lot of relationship uh, questions, and um, one of my, this is not a twin flame related issue, but one of my girlfriends who lives in New York, she um, she came to me years ago, and she actually still swears to this day that I saved her marriage, because I could see, uh, oh my gosh, I don't remember if it was her or her husband's, it was in her heart, I could see her heart had this huge block in it, 
And it was also in her husband's too. And so what I did for both of them separately, I mean, he didn't even know that I was working on her um, at all. You know, she came to me and was like, we need help. So um, I was able to reignite this violet flame in her heart. I did a lot of like pulling out of dark energy in her heart and in his, and I was able to reignite this flame in her heart and in his. And I actually told her that because of this, he was going to quit smoking and start running, which he did. (laughs) Yes. Like I'm being like, he didn't know we were doing any of these work. And he's like, within like a week, he was like, I quit smoking and I'm going to start running again. And she was like, what? So, um, and she swears that I saved her marriage and they're still happily in love. They were actually on the verge of getting a divorce. They were discussing divorce. And she's like, whatever you did, that igniting of that violet light in their heart. And it wasn't, I mean, it was like a real intense process that I did. It wasn't just like, poof, there's the light. It was, you know, work. But um, it allowed them both to reconnect in a state of love. And, like, I think this is probably, like, five years going now, and they're still married. They're still very much in love, and they're still very much supportive of each other. I believe he's still a non-smoker. So it really shifted their relationship dynamic. Um, And, yeah, she swears I saved her marriage still to this day. So... Wow. Yeah, happy. What about any 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 other stories or maybe um... I have a story um so uh, I had a guy come to me for a reading and he was really uh, wanting to find his his one his partner his love and I could see this woman in his energy field but she was far back she was far away so I w- I asked the guys I was like is it possible to bring her closer t- so that she they meet sooner rather than later because she was a little far away so she the guys were like yes bring her so I saw her coming up and standing beside him actually just a little bit behind him so she wasn't quite ready but within like a few weeks he told me that he met this girl this blonde girl exactly like the girl that I saw in his vision and he met her. Oh, and I have another exciting story. So another. Uh, for, uh, oh actually, wait, wait, sorry, okay, sorry, sorry. So he met her, but she wasn't ready. So they didn't end up together. But now he's with somebody else, and he's very happy. But that girl that I saw in his energy field and bringing her closer when she wasn't ready, it it didn't end up working out for them. But she did show up like really quickly. Wow. And then I have another girl who came to me and she kept dating all these different men for years. She was dating different men and I was like, no, I still see this man. You're meeting him on at a 4th of July party and I see him. He's taller than you. He's got his arm around you. He's got like narrow shoulders. He's skinny. He's like, I totally described this guy. And she's like, ugh. But I'm dating this guy, you know, what do you see with this guy? And I'm like, that's not the guy. This guy's still in your energy field. And every new guy she dated, she'd be like, what about this one? And I'm like, that's not the guy. This one guy is still in your energy field. So come 4th of July, she, like years later, she had a 4th of July party at her house. And this guy shows up at her party and is exactly the guy I described. Six months later, they were married. Wow. It was like instant love when they saw each other. Instant. They both knew. I love hearing things like that. Yes. So So, cute. So you see, you know, for, for, you know, like... I like today as as you know, uh, you know a difference in in a lot of our podcasts are educational based, but I think this is this this one today it was meant to be like an opening of you know how do people apply this and what are some of the practical things that can shift within one's life and all of the the 
the people and the stories that you shared really happened in a very few sessions, some of them in just the one, one. session. And so it's, it's, you know, it's amazing what transformation can happen. And of course, the person has to be ready. But I always say that if somebody's coming in, that that's the first step. Like if, if you are making a commitment to yourself that you want help and you want to make a change, that means that you're willing and you have the motivation and commitment. Because mm-hmm. the uncommitted person won't show up for the session. The unmotivated person doesn't, you know, try to even inquire about what things can be done. Right. You know? And uh, so I think that if anybody's getting that little itch inside that they want to go and seek help in some way, shape, or form, you know, like uh, they're ready to make that change. They're ready to not have be suffering anymore to move beyond a situation. I'd say, you know, if you're feeling that, act upon it. And those actions and those feelings are the first steps towards change. Absolutely, absolutely. And listening to, you might not even be aware that you're listening to your guides, but your guides are gently nudging you in the direction that you need to go in order to get the help that will change your life, that will literally change your life. And sometimes you're not even aware of why you're going to seek help, but there's a reason behind it, and it shows up, and... I love that. If you had to leave people with thoughts, one last thing, what would you say? Ah, let's see. I would say that everything is surmountable, that there's no unsurmountable problems in life, that everything is energy, that we are energy beings, that we're beings having a physical experience, and we can literally clear emotions, clear physical issues, clear traumas. Um, once you kind of get to the, the bottom of the issue, there really is help. There really is, uh, I mean, for me, I lived with PTSD my entire life and working with spirit and doing energy work completely healed me. And so I'm a big proponent of energy is healing. Yeah. And well, thank you so much, and thank you so much for sharing some of your stories with everybody. Um, you know, if, it, if you if you if you want to get a hold of Michelle, of course, you can find her here at Liberate Emporium, um, liberateemporium.com. Look under her practitioners. Michelle's there. Contact the store. Uh, she's here uh, just a, a limited amount of days during the week. She does have um, other other bo- businesses and jobs and obligations, but she's always there to help and serve. You know, um, if you enjoyed this podcast we really appreciate if you could give it uh, yeah five stars would be nice anything <laughs> that you want you know but a review some kind of comment some kind of review it starts to help people find us and if you can do that on iTunes uh, the other the other podcasts if you or the other podcast outlets you know if you want to re- leave a review on there that's great but iTunes seems to be the one that most people use and if we can get some more reviews on there we can start showing up in searches so more people can find us thank you so much for joining joining us and Michelle thank you for being a part of this podcast today and welcome Christina thank you so much for having me it's such a blessing to be here today until next time bye bye